Hello, I'm Karen Hardwick, and in addition to being a clinically and spiritually trained therapist, I am a leadership consultant. As a result of my work and my own messy and beautiful journey, I know that connection is the antidote. On this podcast, I talk with people, leaders from all walks of life, who embody connection to self, to amazing grace and as a result to others. My guests are those who bravely choose true connection, even as they walk through some hard times. They hold their stories and the stories of others lightly and lovingly with authenticity and grace, empathy and gratitude. They are the ones awakening, broken wide open into wholeness. We are all recovering from something and the sharing of our stories is all about connection not perfection. I have a chair here just for you. We are saving you a seat. September is National Recovery Month, and that is a really important topic for us here at Saving You a Seat. We live in a culture that still stigmatizes addiction and mental health disorders. Addiction is the language of those of us who are deeply wounded. It is not a moral issue. It is not a willpower issue. And with half of American families dealing with addiction, half of American families dealing with addiction, 35 million suffering worldwide from substance use disorders, and millions of others hiding in the shadows with behavioral addictions like gambling and pornography, staying in the shadows is way too costly. So. I'm in long-term 12-step recovery. So are my guests who you are going to love. And they now live happy, joyous, and free lives. They shine their light for others. So join us. We're saving you a seat and we keep the light on. Hey, in this next episode, I do a little bit of sharing. I share part of my recovery journey and some things I've learned along the way. So I think it's really important to share because when we share our stories, we kind of give it away so we can keep it. It's one of the paradoxes of recovery and giving to other people. Our own recovery gets stronger. So we've had amazing guests this month sharing their strength and experience and hope. So tune in, and I'm hoping that something that I offer you today resonates and gives you hope and lifts your heart. We're keeping a light on for you and everyone, saving you a seat. So here we are talking about recovery all month long. And as I think about recovery I think about my other favorite R words, like redemption, restoration, renewal, and rest. All of those R words are related to recovery, which is freedom from those things that enslave us. Recovery is freedom from those things that keep us disconnected from ourselves and others. And so in my book, recovery for me is an emotional and a spiritual awakening. Half of Americans have family members who are suffering from addiction. 
By 2030, the number of active drug users is expected to rise by 11%, and the ability to buy drugs on the dark net and the clear web is increasing by the day. We are in a world of hurt. Yet I'm not here to talk about stats, as heartbreaking as they are. I'm here to once again say I'm in recovery, and I say this here and when I speak in public for a few reasons. One, to do my part in breaking the stigma. Two, to step out of the shadows because honestly, we're only as sick as our secrets. Three, to align my public image as such as it is with the real me. And four, to live with honesty and humility. I was raised in a family where the intergenerational patterns were significantly and heartbreakingly impacted by alcoholism and abuse. And so even the family members who were and are not actively addicted were and are affected because addiction is a disease of relationships, and it is most certainly a family disease. Everyone is scarred, influenced, hurt by it in different ways, and yet still. So it could be that family members feel they have to be perfect, or it could be that family members feel they have to find ways to keep everyone else okay, and it could be that family members don't know what they feel because they're in high alert all the time. There's so many ways this disease, this family disease of addiction, shows up and really embeds itself in all family members. You know, a few months ago, I was getting ready to attend an intensive session on the topic of how to set loving boundaries and self-care related to addiction. And as I was going, I, I walked into my garage and I heard a tapping sound. And I discovered that a bird had gotten stuck in the blinds of my garage window. And he was frantically tapping his head against the window to get out. But you and I both know that was not the way out. And it would never be. So he would have to have gotten himself disentangled from the blind and fly out. And he, he simply did not know how to do that. I tell you, I am so dang squeamish around these kinds of things. And I hated that I had to go over and try to free this bird. So I gently lifted the blind off of him and he was free and ready to fly out, except he was stuck in his pattern. He kept banging his head against the glass, even though the blind was off of him. And it took a friend of mine and I about five minutes to gently guide him off the window so he could fly. And fly he did. But because of my own recovery journey and, and my sense of spirituality, I believe that hardly anything is random. Why now, on my way, rushing out the door to attend what I knew would be this very emotionally intense meeting, why now was I having this experience? And then it became crystal clear to me, right there in my garage, the scene with the bird was playing out the disease of addiction. Stuck. Frantic. Desperate and doing the same damaging thing over and over again, even though people are showing you the way out. And so it is. This disease wrecks us and those we love and those who love us. And yet there is a way out. 
we can learn a new way. So if you're listening to this and if you or someone you love has the disease of substance use disorder, otherwise known as addiction, please know there is a new way. There is a fiercely loving way that's about giving up control, a self-compassionate way that lets us cry uncle, a surrendering, courageous way that lets us look at what is underneath the waterline, which is pain and trauma and self-loathing and the lies that enslave us. So please know there is a way. There are people you can call. There are 12-step meetings you can go to. There are treatment centers. There are community available resources. I often find myself saying in the meeting rooms that I'm a recovering higher power. I am learning one day at a time that being Karen is a full-time job, that God is God. And the difference between me and God is that God does not think he's Karen. You know, the disease of addiction is complicated. And yet, recovery, as hard as it is, is simple. Simple in the fact that people have walked before us and they will show us how. And one of the things that the disease of addiction has taught me to do is to let go of all control mechanisms. Judgment, blame, shame, lecturing, advice giving. And the disease of addiction has taught me that we are all prodigals. Not just those of us recovering, but all of us humans. The prodigal son is my guy. I get him. And so is the older, judgmental, resentful older son. I've been there too. We can be both. And I want you all to know that we humans all want to come home. We want to come home. We want to be welcomed. We want to find our way back to our true selves, to uncover and live from our innate goodness, from that light inside of all of us. We want to be forgiven and be seen. We want to be appreciated, valued, included, well-loved and connected. And all of this takes grace. And grace shows up every day in so many ways. And it also is a long game. You know, they say that recovery is about accepting the gift of desperation. And I, I really can vouch for that. And what we find at the intersection of desperation and gratitude is hope and freedom. There is a way through. That blind can be lifted up off of us. We don't have to keep banging our head against the glass, the window, whatever it is we're banging our head against. We don't. We can fly out. There are people who will show us the way. You know, my own personal story is filled with shattering moments, and I spent a significant time in the pit of darkness. And it's also filled with this rising up that's healing and redemptive. It's not been easy, There were moments of tremendous disconnection from myself, seasons I abandoned myself, times I unconsciously chased the things that would take me out of myself and numb me, and times that no one would have known from the outside looking in. God recruits from the pit, and my story helps me to shine the light for others. It's never too late. My program of recovery is 12-step based. 
and deeply grounded in prayer and mindfulness and meditation and connection to those who walk beside me and those who have walked before me. However, I know that other people find other ways. And as I lean deeply into the power of connection to heal and recover, there are a few things I hold out as my go-to connection pillars. These are the things that God uses to restore me, and I'm going to share these with you to get you to think about things that you can create in your life to enhance connection so that God can restore you and those you love to your rightful place, which is your innate goodness and sanity. So one, I live from a place of joy and gratitude, a big time. Two, I share my real and raw story to help others own theirs. I absolutely, three, have more questions than answers. And four, I do feel God's presence everywhere that doesn't make every moment easy, and yet I feel God's presence. I also know that life is messy. So I ground myself in that knowledge because life and people are living contradictions, and that includes me. I believe that leadership is a sacred calling and that we lead in all parts of life, at home and at work. I walk a spiritual path. I move my feet forward. I do hard things. I show up authentically, and I anchor myself in a loving God who rides shotgun with me. I celebrate the power of we. There is a healing balm in saying and hearing these words, me too. I understand that acceptance is a superpower. It awakens us, it sets us free, and it allows others to walk their own path. And I love, absolutely love, the power of the table. It creates liturgy, which means we tell stories. It gives us a chance to have communion, which means food is always served in some way or another. And there's redemption, which comes from understanding. So those are some of the pillars that I ground myself in. And I give myself to this whole journey of self-discovery and urge you to do so too, because it really enhances emotional and spiritual wholeness, and it restores us to how we were designed to be good and loving and letting the light shine. So as the Buddhists say, no mud, no lotus. Those of us who got stuck in the mud and who still get stuck in the mud know that it is exactly the mud that gives us the beauty we live now and the beauty we hope others come to know. So please join us. Whatever you're recovering from, we do keep a light on for you. Your listening means so much, so please hit the subscribe button and join us for the next episode. To tune into the power of connection and transform your life at home and at work, please also get my book, The Connected Leader. It is available on Amazon and all online book retailers. And visit our page, connectedleaderbook.com. Stay connected.